Welcome to I Hate Sand, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Taylor. I'm Aaron. I'm Reagan. We're just three lifelong friends sitting around a table talking about hot Star Wars topics. We recognize that Star Wars means a lot of different things for a lot of different people, and we may disagree on the specificities, but at the end of the day, we all love Star Wars. Let's dive right in. All right, boys, this is the episode we've been waiting for. Let's talk about Solo, a Star Wars story. Fuck yeah, let's go. This is a topic that has... We've argued over this a lot. So many times. Every time we get together and play like a Star Wars board game or hang out on PlayStation, um, we discuss this to many lengths. Yes, is Solo a Star Wars story a good movie? Let's discuss. I would rate it like um, maybe like a 6 out of 10. So it's, it's good, but it's not great. It's not a bad movie. Um, but yeah, I would give it like 6 out of 10. I'd give it a 7 out of 10. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm also around the 6 out of 10. 6? There's no way. Dude, I might be a, you I give might be it a like a okay. 2 out of 10. <laughs> so, no, 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 no. Peer, pre- peer pressure, bro? No, I, I honestly, I don't think it's a bad movie holistically. I don't think it belongs in the Star Wars canon. <sighs> what? And this is where, give me your comments, <laughs> internet. Drag him. I'm ready. Fuck him I can up take in the it. comments. <laughs> <laughs> so we we all have a spreadsheet because we're just this nerdy. We have a spreadsheet um, where us three and another friend have ranked the Star Wars movies, um, all eleven of them, and and the shows and the shows. That's right. There there are fourteen. We go one to fourteen. One being our least favorite. Fourteen being our favorite. And, and then we get an aggregate score. Yes. Like an average of all four of us. And we determine like overall, which movies do we like the most? and Which movies slash TV shows are the best? Can you pull up that list? <laughs> He's got the list pulled up. I am solo at number one. Can we like oh post my this? Oh my God. <laughs> we should I, post a screenshot of this in our we show We should. Okay. So I remember why I did that. I, I have solo at last. It's my least favorite. Wow. Mostly that's because. And you said it was a six out of 10. I don't. And I do because I don't I don't rate anything lower than six out of ten in Star Wars. Really? What made Solo great for me is I felt like I was watching a Star Wars movie. It didn't feel unnatural to me. Me neither. Um and I love I I love cinematography, I love films. I majored in media arts, which is a uh branch of cinematography. So he knows what he's fucking talking about. Um, and <laughs> I, in, in all movies, especially old movies, and specifically an episode of Breaking Bad, I love train heists. Oh, yeah. I love train heist scenes. And I love that we finally get a train heist in the Star Wars universe. That's an interesting take. And it's an amazingly done scene. It I is think. really good. It's exciting, it's thrilling. And it's in fucking fucking space. (laughs) (laughs) A space train. I mean, it's on a planet. Which is in space. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I think that's the most exciting scene for me in Solo. But I also loved the backstory 
and where we found out different things about Solo. Me too. Uh, one thing that I didn't necessarily love was when we find out why he got Solo as his last name. Who are your people? I don't have people. I'm alone. Um. Solo. I thought that was fucking hilarious, dude. It's just, it's funny because it's so fucking lame. But <laughs> it's so lame. It fits his like. I, I probably overuse this word when we talk about this character, but it's it fits his like cavalier attitude about things. He's like, I guess I'll just you can call me that. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, it just I didn't like that explanation, but I did like how Solo and Chewie met. Me too. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, I speak a little now. Just listen. Um, that whole scene was just very well done. Although I still don't understand why he can speak the Wookiee language. Yeah, yeah. that was pretty lame too. That was a big oversight. I'll, I I'll think. give it that. But the whole like mud fight. Yeah. So cool. And then they like amidst a war. How they get out of it. Too. Yeah. And I like how they like they did show Han in the Imperial military. Yeah. Because that was part of the original backstory for Han, that he was in the Imperial like, yeah, Academy. Yeah, the fact that he was in the Imperial Army should have come up at some point in his fight against the Imperial Army. I feel like that would be very useful information for everybody to know, and that would give him some kind of tactical advantage against them. Well, I feel like he had plenty of advantages. I mean, he got out of so many hairy situations. That's true, but... There was never any reason for us to suggest that that was because he had insider information about the Empire. But one thing I want to say is that it makes sense for Han to be in the military for its own reasons, whether you know about the backstory or not, because he's in this like like this really uh, sticky economic situation where he doesn't really have a whole sure. lot of options. And a lot of people join the military in, in real life for similar for, reasons. Yeah, no, I mean, that's fair. Um, another thing that I loved about Solo where they're floating around on a yacht like most of the movie. Whenever we first get introduced to this scene, there's like this really cool Star Wars-ish song oh, yeah. that's being played. Yeah. Um, I did like and I that. love the costume design in that whole scene. Yeah. Really and cool. we've never seen a yacht before in Star Wars, which is also really cool. Um, side note, Woody Harrelson is kind of a weird choice for a Star Wars movie, in my opinion. Yes. But so casting is one of my largest complaints about this movie. Now, let me get out of the way what everybody is thinking about and recognize the fact that Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian is the best the casting best choice that we've got. Best as fuck, dude. He's uh, so like, good. Tied with Ewan McGregor for Obi Wan. Mm -hmm. I mean, like those two casting choices Perfect. are the best that we've gotten. Yeah. Like after Episode Six. Mm -hmm. Um. I mean, that was just amazing. Apart from him, everybody else just does not feel like they belong in the Star Wars universe. You me. don't think Kira? Belongs I, in the universe. Amelia Clark's character, Kira, I think she feels fine. She, I mean, she's fine, but I will say that like the other members of Beckett's crew were yeah. kind of weird and pointless characters. Even though John Favreau voiced one guy that, and I love yeah. John Favreau, but the character itself was really unimportant to me. Yeah, I f I felt very little connection to any of the characters 
that I didn't already know. Like I felt connection to Solo, but I I just I was not convinced by his performance at all. That um, is one more area that I like definitely agree with you on that he doesn't do a very good job acting that role. Yeah, it ju- he didn't feel like Han to me. He looked like Han. I would say there was like one moment in one scene where I was like, oh yeah, I could see Han there. That's why I'm here. I'm working on a yeah, working on a very big deal. How big? Enormous. Really? And when are you going to close this enormous deal? Any minute. But most of the time, yeah, it was like... Mm. It, it was just very... It felt kind of uninspired to me. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. Now, I've seen him in a couple other things, and I think he's a talented actor. I blame that more on the writing. Or and directing. Maybe, and maybe a little bit of the directing. Which Ron Howard was working with a, a mixed bag of many, many yeah. things. So I think he did a pretty good job for what he took. He was given a turd, and he polished that turd. And made the best it, of his ability. And he made it something decent, <laughs> I will say. It's enjoyable to watch. It, it's, so. inter- it's entertaining. So, I yeah. mean, like we've already talked about with episode seven, it's a very entertaining thing. Right. Um, pretty hollow on the inside. Now, I, I respect Force Awakens more than I respect Solo, personally. And it's mostly because, like, even the new characters that were introduced in the new trilogy are all pretty convincing to me. Yeah. Uh, like Ray and Kylo, I think, are two... The character is very, very, very deserving of being in the Star Wars universe. Beckett and his whole crew, Emilia Clark's character, none of them, you, Paul Bettany's villain character, I can't remember his name right why, now. Why do they have to justify their existence to you? Who do you think you are? They don't. I just, I'm, this is just what we're <laughs> doing right now. Man. These characters don't deserve to exist in this No, universe. no, no. They, they just, they didn't. The movie hardly ever convinced me that I was watching a Star Wars movie. It felt like a heist movie to me. Dryden, and I love his name is Dryden Voss, by the way. It's yes. about a smuggler and how he gets his career started. Of course, it should feel like a heist. It should feel. But like it doesn't. It didn't feel like a Star Wars heist to me. It did to me. And the way they right. do the Kessel Run is pretty fucking awesome. I I really enjoyed that. Um, I, I will say the Kessel Run was a very fun thing to watch because we've heard about it for a couple and, decades now or a few we decades. Get to learn where. Han got the Millennium Falcon from and that yeah. whole backstory. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was that was all fun. Like I'll say everything that put Han and Lando's relationship front and center well done. was the height of the movie for me. Like mm-hmm. that was where it really really peaked. Whoa, 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 Han. Slow down. Might want to quit while you're ahead. I guess I could put it this way. What I think the movie should have been about is their relationship. What it really is about is his relationship to um What's Amelia Clark's character's name? Kira. 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 What it's really about is Han and Kira. Um, and I, I think that was a poor choice. Well, I think their plan was to make more movies centered around that. And that would make sense, uh, given the, the direction that it ended up going. Unfortunately, it did not perform well, and so Star yeah. Wars basically pulled the plug on yeah. it. Which I feel like, maybe this is just because hindsight is twenty twenty, but I feel like that was just bad planning. They should have made a movie that could have stood on its own and been a self-contained thing. And then if it did well, because it was a gamble, nobody was asking for yeah, a solo I movie. I will say that whenever they told us about Solo, like a Solo-based story, I was like, that's fucking stupid. I don't want to see that movie. Yeah, I, I thought s- it was cool. I was, it was just, I was much more excited about the idea of an Obi-Wan movie. Yeah, that, that is what everybody was talking about, yeah. was Obi-Wan or Boba Fett. Exactly. And instead they chose Solo, which he's a very iconic character. And that's Boba fine. Boba Fett movie would have been way better because we don't know anything about that character. Yes. Right. Yeah, you're not wrong. I feel like we, we knew enough about Han Solo already. 
like it was enough to know that he was a young smuggler who was pretty self-centered and ended up turning around by the end of episode four, mm-hmm. which leads me into probably my biggest complaint. Ah, here we Next go. Here to, we go. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I've been looking forward Next to. Next to the casting and the kind of uninspired characters to me is the fact that this movie completely ruins the character arc of Han Solo. Hard disagree. But go ahead. That's fine, but I'm right. So uh, We're going to argue that. <laughs> so, okay. It's 1977, and we are given the very first Star Wars film. And this movie features a young smuggler named Han Solo, who we meet in the cantina, who has no interest in helping others whatsoever. All he cares about is smuggling, making money, paying off whatever debts he has, and living a, a free life in the Outer Rim, supposedly, or wherever he wishes to go. Here comes Luke Skywalker, Ben Kenobi, and, and co. asking him for help. Uh, they offer him a sufficient sum of money, so he says, fine, I'll do it. I can pay off Jabba the Hutt, and then I'll be a free man. Let's go, Chewie. Let's do it. They get in a, a sticky situation. He bails, uh, and they're like, well, that's too bad. So the the Empire or the, the rebels go to fight the Empire, and they're getting a sticky situation. And here comes Han back to save the day because now he's overcome his selfishness. He's no longer just this young, arrogant. It's his redemption arc, yeah. Yes, He's no longer just this young, arrogant smuggler. He's ready to fight for something beyond himself and be selfless and put himself in harm's way. Finally, he's a good person. And then we are brought to Solo, which just fucking reverses everything. Because now so, man. he's just this young little love, love-struck kid who just wants to find Kira. Or he loves her. They get separated. Just wants to find her. She completely stabs in the back. He just looks at the ship as it goes away. Come on, that was just terrible acting, by the way. He's in shock. Little side it. note. He, can't. he just looks. Bro, what would you do if you're if the love of your life was flying away on a ship? I would be screaming so many expletives, man. <laughs> I would be flipping out. Uh, same. Yeah. I wouldn't just stand there with a blank, freaking expression, maybe going like, "Maybe he was like, well, that's maybe too he bad." Was Come on, it. Chewie. He could or have been expecting Dude, come on. You know that's not it. He needs time to process the emotions. He's just, he doesn't understand. Maybe. I mean, maybe that's but it. Th- th- I think, like, the point you're making is that, like, he has, because in Solo, he also has that redemption arc as well. So why did, yes, he, he becomes mm-hmm. redeemed. But that's like, you see But why then, at the, episode, at the beginning of episode four, is he back to being the selfish kid? Because there's 12 years of smuggling in between. But we don't, you're assuming things. Uh, but you can't just read that this. into the I was, story. Wait, wait, wait. I was thinking about this earlier. And you're right that it's, you shouldn't necessarily just assume either way. But we do have this like certain amount of background knowledge about the Star Wars universe and about like the seedy underworld of Star Wars. So when we think about the kind of situations that he would have inevitably been in as a smuggler, it actually becomes more reasonable to assume that he would have been jaded and made more cynical by those situations because he's working in a very cutthroat industry. Like, like for example, in episode four, we find out about the thing with Jabba. Like he, uh, he has to cut his cargo because the Imperials are onto him. He's put in this impossible situation where, like, it's either get like um, captured or killed by the Empire, or drop Jabba's cargo. So, like, he really has no good option there. Um, but it's just the nature of his business that he's the one that gets fucked if things go wrong. 
because Jabba is going to get his money back one way or the other. And if you think about the kind of career he was in, you could expect that kind of thing to happen over and over and over. So it makes sense that working in that industry for 12 years would eventually make him a pretty jaded and cynical person. And yeah, he like learned the lesson, right? In solo and like he becomes a better person. When you think about people in general, just because we learn a lesson once doesn't mean we don't have to relearn it. Speaking from a little bit of personal experience there, but <laughs> oof. <laughs> I actually see it like as a pretty cool foreshadowing kind of thing because he goes through the similar um, redemption arc in Solo that he does in episode four, but he needs something good and something like inspiring to come along to get him out of this like slump that he becomes, that he gets in where he is that person who's like just cares about making the money and just like surviving and looking out for himself and Chewie. Um, and then he, ins- he encounters this like galactic struggle, good versus evil. And that brings him back to the, he learns the lesson again. He's reminded of the thing he's learned that made him a better person. Sure. I mean, I'm not going to say that that doesn't make sense in that that's, those aren't fair points. I suppose I just want that to be more readily apparent in the story. So it felt to me like it felt a little bit irresponsible and anachronistic for the story that they would just try to make, make this redemption story, you know, complete this redemption arc, knowing that in the future, it's just going to go right back. Like those are fair assumptions, but they're still assumptions. And I think when you're making a prequel, you don't want to lean on all the assumptions. I mean, let's think Mm -hmm. about the, the prequel trilogy. Like none of those are based on assumptions, right? The story is not, there are no major gaps. Like they, they tell the us the prequel trilogy is really well done. Yeah. It, the, in they the prequel trilogy. Together. Yeah. The, by the end of episode three, we completely understand. I mean, maybe not everything, but all the major points, mm-hmm. all the major character arcs, we understand why those characters are the way they are by the mm-hmm. beginning of episode four or five. So your issue is that you have to make assumptions at all. I mean, major assumptions about character development. I, I think that, you can like when you look at the background knowledge about the Star Wars universe, it's more justified to make the assumption that he would become more jaded and cynical. So you would prefer them leave it in the, like give us an ending in which we have to assume a lot of things about his character development for those 12 years. I think it'd be really weird to end it in a way where he is basically the character that he is at the beginning of episode four, because that would assume there wouldn't be any character development over 12 years, which doesn't make any sense. I don't think so because I mean, we have, Darth Vader by the end of episode three and there's how many years between the end of episode three and the beginning of episode four, at least 20, sure. like 20 and but that, that's still the same character. Darth Vader at the end of episode three is still the same Vader at the beginning of episode four. I, I don't think so. What changed I, in his character development? I think he's more like, um, he's less emotional. Is it, well, the Vader we see at the yeah. end of episode three is like breaking everything in this like fit of uncontrolled rage. But the Vader you see in episode four is like this kind of smoldering anger and hatred. All right. I mean, sure. Toning down emotion, but that uh, toned down emotion is a lot different than a complete like jaded career, like a 12 year long career that completely changes your entire attitude towards life. Mm, yeah. But the thing is the what Vader was doing would not have changed his character. Because he's just basically doing the bidding of the Emperor. But I, I do see your point that it's um, probably better storytelling, better writing. You know, they'll leave as few gaps that the the viewer has to fill. But yeah. again, that's why we rate Solo around like 6 out of 10. <laughs> sure. And Revenge of the Sith is definitely a better movie. Like, yeah. Definitely agree with you oh, there. sure. 
let's talk about probably the most controversial thing about Solo. Other than what we just talked about, <clears throat> I think there's something even more controversial. The Darth Maul return. Yes. Oh, yeah. I I do have thoughts on that. I didn't mind seeing his connections to crime like that, mm-hmm. but the yeah. way they per, like put him in the movie felt very forced. It felt... I've explained it like this to a few people before. It felt like the writers were sitting together and were like, you know what would fit really well here is a good villain cameo. Let's put the Emperor in. And the other guy was like, no, 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 that's that's too big. I, I talked to Kathleen not long ago. They're going to do that <laughs> in, a, in a future movie. Um, and they just threw around ideas and then they were like, Rebels brought Maul back. Let's just do that. And the, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's that's good. That's saber. good. Yeah, let's just have... <laughs> yeah. That's a great idea. The lightsaber ignition at the end was more of just a dramatic effect than it was to accommodate anything. Yeah. He's like on the phone. He's like... <laughs> hey, you see my lightsaber? <laughs> it's like talking to somebody on it's a Zoom rain. call and you just like cock your shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> Kira, you and I will be working much more closely from now on. Um, Just clean him a pistol, don't mind. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we had seen Darth Maul in the Clone Wars and Rebels by this point, so we know his backstory. Those who are, are like, actually fans of shit, yeah, these yeah. things, which is mostly children and mega nerds like us. <laughs> so. so children and adult children. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it didn't seem like too far out of left field considering we've seen him so many times yeah for us and and if there was going to be a continuation of solo into like a three-part movie series Uh or a tv show or something it would have made way more sense in the later movies right this is another situation where that like where it seems like they really needed to have more movies yeah but yeah it's like back to your point they should have made something that could have stood on its own. I already said this, but when you're taking such a gamble on a character that nobody has asked an origin story for, mm-hmm. why would you leave so many loose ends when you're not even sure that you're going to get the the following uh-huh. that will allow for a future for you to expand and tie up those loose ends? I think the way that they were irresponsible with it was they wasted their momentum. Like they yeah, wasted that's a good the way momentum to put it. that Star Wars was gaining on a movie that, like you said, no one was asking for. Yeah, and didn't turn out well. And then a, l- a lot of fans were just like, "Well, we don't really want to see any more of these kind of things." Right. I mean, with that said, you know, we all enjoyed Rogue One, and that was the first Star Wars story we had gotten. Yeah, I like yeah. Rogue One at that point. So I think you know, to their benefit, they probably saw that positive reaction to just mm-hmm. the Star Wars story. Um, that was not a an actual. Um, major storyline, you know, one of the, one of the three trilogy following stories. And so they, they felt that they could take that kind of risk. Yeah. But even rogue one now, part of it's just the nature of it fitting very neatly into the timeline. If it's and so leading well. up, yeah. Leading yeah. up to a very, very particular event that we're all familiar mm-hmm. with. Yeah. Tantive four, but it, it closes on a note that we feel like we can kind of close the book and we're ready to pick up the next one. Whereas yeah. with solo, I did not feel that. Mm. See, I could have gone for like two more movies. Could have gone for like I would, a TV I would have show. seen them very much. Like I w- very gladly would have seen them because I I do want those loose ends to be tied up so much. Either way, um, apparently, is it Aiden Aldenreich? Alden Alden Einrich Einrich whatever his name is. <laughs> I'm gonna pull this up so we're not um, all just guessing everything <laughs> the whole time. 
What about him? He signed a contract for three movies total. Oh. So whether or not he makes, like, it would have been really cool had they made a Boba Fett movie after this and then tied in both of those storylines. That would be cool. Alden Ehrenreich. Alden Ehrenreich. What a name. Um, One of the criticisms about Solo, in my opinion, also applies to Rogue One, though. And I think it's a little bit more justified in Rogue One, though, is that um, the characters in Rogue One, you don't really feel that attached to them either. That's very true. I, I, But they're all going to die, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I, I know that they're looking at making, uh, or like they're already in development of a Disney Plus show around oh, Cassie yeah, yeah. and Andor. Oh, you know what? It would be kind of cool if, like, Aiden Iron Alden Aaron Reich. Reich. <laughs> it would be kind of cool if he made an appearance in the Cassian Andor series. Yeah. I it just would, it would make sense because they're in the same timeline. Yeah. Similar professions in some ways. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if we see them together. I just again these are characters that we're not asking for. Yeah. Where is Boba Fett? And, and now we know that he's coming in Mandalorian season two. I just really hope they don't shit on him. Yeah, I hope they do <laughs> again. I hope. <laughs> but I want to see the Mandalorian just like gun him down. <laughs> <laughs> he's in it for five minutes, and that's it. I'm it's just kind of frustrating that like, like that. the Star Wars fan base has been asking for this for a long time, and they're just making him an extra character yeah. in a TV show. But then they devote an entire series to Cassian Andor. So is that actually happening? Why? Yeah. Like, that's, I mean, yeah, it's happening. Huh. Yeah. It's, it's actually strange. in development. It just, it, I'm just very seriously questioning Disney Lucasfilm's decision-making. I mean, but at this point with the Mandalorian out there, having a, like a whole Boba Fett movie would feel like redundant in a that, way. I mean, yes, that's true. If, if Boba Fett's going to show up anywhere that already exists, obviously it's the Mandalorian. Dude, what if he's as like a Mandalorian? Mutated, he has like Sarlacc limbs. <laughs> 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 all right. Well, that is all the time we have for this episode. Thank you for listening. Please follow us. Please subscribe to us. And please leave your thoughts below in the comments. Wait, we didn't talk about the droid revolution. Uh, we don't even need to go there. We'll see you guys next time. can find us on facebook instagram and twitter at i hate sand podcast please give us a like please give us a follow we would love to know what you think about these episodes